speed, agility, power. I'm a big fan of these things. All of the performance I demand for myself on the ice is here. Handles all of my needs in dynamic fashion. everybody hey hey what do you say it's roxy fever in the house it's your it's your boys all the all the normal ones are here that are normally here here. show's not over yet you're not feeling yeah yeah (laughs) viasa you have covid right (laughs) i I, yeah i that sucks i almost i I said to the guys uh to listener i said to said to these two almost didn't record today because i have I've just been, I've gone through like the Rube Goldberg machine of disease in the last oh, yeah. month. Totally. Just, they've, they've all, they've all hit me. Um, I thought I was having a, <laughs> I legit thought I was having like a heart attack about it, like three weeks ago. Oh, Turned fuck. out it was just pneumonia. Um, oh, God, but like yeah. I couldn't breathe and there, and literally I'm in the ER being bypassed through like every, every other sad sack of shit over there. Um, and being like, why the hell am I getting fast back through there? And to have doctors be like, literally, you don't want a doctor to tell you, oh, that's weird. That's concerning. <laughs> and then not talk to you again for like three hours. I'm like, oh, fuck. Um, I had that. I had norovirus. Didn't know that my body could do the things that happened there. Um, flu. And uh, now I have COVID. So um, I'm just, yeah, I'm having the worst time having been able to leave the house. Uh, and so I figured... Why not talk about miserable stuff while I'm miserable? Absolutely. Yeah. That makes perfect. perfect sense. And like the only thing, literally the only thing I have to look forward to right now uh, are playoff games. And so far it's just in basketball. And yeah, fair. Starting tomorrow. So how much do you really care about the NHL playoffs though this year? Well, right now, <laughs> while I have nothing else to do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, fair. <laughs> no job yet. Uh, this is all I got. So, yeah. I, I so I so I have been reading the athletic push notifications. I have been reading sure uh, people's playoff brackets. Uh, I haven't made one myself yet. Oh, I should make one of those. I maybe. care. I don't know. Yeah, we should. Yeah. We should probably do it tonight. Actually. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Um. I guess uh, we just use a segment of the show to do that. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I yeah. I I don't want to spend too much time on it because we're going to talk about the playoffs at the end. But yeah, I just oh, yeah. uh like, uh, this was this NHL season. Like this Canucks season was terrible. Like you mentioned having the Rube Goldberg machine of uh mm-hmm. of disease. The the yeah. NA the the Canucks this season were a Rube Goldberg machine for finishing at five hundred. Like just Holy the shit, most true. the most I, like <laughs> insane, stupid, convoluted way to just like you know the the it's it's the machine from uh back to the future that feeds einstein the dog uh except it instead it kicks you in the dick um but like i don't know about you guys but this was the worst vancouver canucks season that i've ever covered and i think realistically because 
I was like five when Keenan was G- was coach, uh, and Messier was here. Probably the worst Canucks season of my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And you know who else said that? Matt Karras. I don't know. How, I don't know if that changes yes. your mind or anything. No, I. That's huh. like uh, the best welcome Matt uh, that I've read. I think he was absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, it's true. I I feel I actually feel like I thought at the time when I was thinking about this that this would be a really like not a very popular opinion, but I've actually seen this in a couple of different places. I think Drant said the same thing. Um, obviously the banning seasons were mostly all very bad, but they were also very funny and kind of like for the most part, pretty low stakes. Cause it was just like, this team sucks. There's nobody good on it that there's no one I even care about like other than maybe the twins or whatever. And like, that's disappointing. But like, we kind of knew, we kind of knew anyway that like, they weren't going to like miraculously go on a cup run at the end of their careers or anything. It would have been nice for them to like make the playoffs one more time or something. But yeah, exactly. It was like, they're either going to get traded, but, and then maybe do that. But if they were staying here, like the die was kind of already cast. So like all of those seasons, like they weren't, depressing they were just bad and then yeah towards the point where they started to get depressing he basically got fired like the you know the season before the bruce there it is season was like pretty bad and obviously they did the oel thing and like you know uh, that was that was terrible but it was also like there was a light at the end of the tunnel in that we all knew like he was going to get fired soon, you know? So, well, from, from the summer, which he also, from the first summer he was here, which he also, uh, I don't know if you saw, I think Todd, Todd just like transcribed the interview, but he said, but at the end of his first summer, he felt he was going to get fired, which is hilarious. Uh, I mean, which which tracks new management. Absolutely. Um, very funny, like, uh, mostly very low stakes, by the time, like, I think it's sort of easy to forget this, but like, this was the season that Elias Pettersson like cemented himself as one of the best players in the league. I, I remember going into this season being like, and I was wrong, but just being <laughs> like, can like, can, can you have a team? Can a cup winning team? Can their best player or their best forward be Elias Pettersson? And I was my 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 point in asking that wasn't like I don't think they can. It was that, that you like, don't know that he could. He has to actually do it, right? Like it was like okay, this guy looks good, but like he he had like a near point to game season, and then he got hurt, and then he was kind of not very good for a while, and then he had another near point of game season, and it's like that is a pretty good player. But that could very easily be like the Hall or the Nugent Hopkins of like the 2011 Oilers or whatever, right? Where you're like, oh, this play, this is a really, really good young player. And then they turn out to just be very good as opposed to elite or whatever, right? So like yeah. this is the first season where I've really felt like, wow, it's extremely depressing that they're this way wasting these guys right yeah not saying i didn't feel that way before it's just like this season 
it's really apparent. Every quote unquote positive storyline from this season is just immediately followed with a giant asterisk of like, yeah, but they suck shit. So it's like, oh, Elias Pedersen is the seventh Canuck or whatever to ever hit 100 points. And they're one of the worst teams in the league for 90% of the season until the very end where they win like mm-hmm. 15 games out of 20 or whatever. Yeah, so they will get That's not how percentages work, but whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Like, uh, yeah, just so there's all of that. Then there's the Bedard thing, which we've already talked about, but just like the if you told me at the beginning of the season, like they're this is how badly they're going to suck. They're going to fire Bruce Boudreaux. They're going to hire like bald Mr. Clean, the gambling addict, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever, like uh, gets high off his own supply. Yeah. Like and then exactly like just fucking like go on a giant run identical to the one they just did, like just had and then finish literally with literally in the one spot where it's like they could technically jump up to first, but we'll probably pick like 13th. I would be like, did I make that up as a joke? Like, is that what I said? Like, oh, this will happen because it's the worst thing that could happen. Well, I remember at the beginning of the season when you're we talking about predicting what's going to happen this season and like we all sighed before we ever came up yeah. with a prediction. I, I feel like we ended up deciding to not even have that conversation to some mm-hmm. extent because you're like, this is the obvious prediction that's going to happen. Yeah. But it's happened so many times that like, not only is it not funny to make the prediction anymore. Yeah, totally. It's just tiring. To, yeah, it's just kind of sad. Keep doing this. And then it just yeah. happened again in the worst way possible in the yeah. worst year that it could have happened. And I think I yeah. said offhandedly, like, I think they'll probably just miss. But like, this is not how I saw them. I know it's a little bit more than just missing, but it's not that much more than just missing. No, it's not. It's, uh, it's, you, no, you, and the slide was ridiculous. Like, the slide that they had was ridiculously focused. Like yeah. if, Dem- if if Demko's injury is like half as long, uh, then that exact scenario happens. We ba- yeah. we barely missed. Like you look at the playoff uh, or, or what the 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 division picture was right before. Mm-hmm. We we're only what ten points out of the wild card. Okay, I'm, oh I might God. be lowballing yeah. it, but no, 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 like, no, that's no more than fifteen. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I think I'm right. I think I might be like ten or eleven. No, they um, really surged at the end. Like, if you look at the Western Conference standings, it's like, I'm pretty sure it's basically like, um, uh, no, I do know this. It's it's like all the teams that made it, Nashville and Calgary, who are just out, and then the Canucks. You know? Like, it's very much a case of like, if they did, yeah, they had 92, you know, 93 points. Can I said 83? Yeah, exactly. That's five games. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what exactly what I was about five to say. Games, like, like we just, if they, Demko needed to show up for five more games, five more play. games, and they would have been not in it necessarily, but, ju- but just out. Like nobody would have predicted out. that first road trip that we had, yeah. uh, plus, plus the extended losing streak on top of that. Yeah. Uh, at home. Um, best moment, best best connection moment I've ever watched in person. Um, uh, if that doesn't happen, then we're in the playoffs. Then we're in that wild card race, right up until in the now. race. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, like I said, I still thought they were gonna just miss. But if you had told me like 
they were going to finish like a game above 500 or whatever, which I think is where they ended up or like so an funny. overtime loss above 500 or something. Like I think Shorthouse said that during the Coyotes uh, game. He's yeah. like, well, they win tonight. <laughs> They'll be <laughs> over 500. 500. And he, and he yeah. kind of said it in a way like, like he was kind of joking. Huh? Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Like he was like, he thought it was funny rather not so much yeah. that he was joking, but like, we so, got to make sure to talk about that broadcast. Of course. Yeah. That. Well, well, yeah. well, there's a Cheech tie in later too. Good. For sure. Okay. Um, but like, so there's all of that. And then there's also what was, I think, undeniably the most like horrific scandal ridden season I've ever okay. seen from most teams ever like this is it's not like chicago blackhawks level or anything like that it's not like that horrific but like the season started with francesco aquilini's uh like estranged family accusing him of child abuse yeah well the chicago versus vancouver thing is almost like quantity versus quality the quality of how horrible what happened there was is beyond the charts and incomparable. Yeah. Vancouver just had like well uh medium bad terrible scandals happen. Yeah. Compared to one ex- ex- extreme one. Exactly. But that that's yeah. that's exactly it because like okay, so that happened and then the Rachel Dory thing happened. And then the uh and then the Bruce Boudreaux thing happened. And then there was I mean, like, I think in most seasons, the Ilya Mikheyev thing would have been kind of a bigger story. Yeah, that's that completely got ignored. Like, he had <laughs> he played 50 games on a torn ACL for no reason. Like, they didn't shut him down until it was <laughs> I didn't like, even know that. Just the <laughs> like, whole that, fu- like, that slipped me. The whole fucking thing with Ilya Mikheyev is insane because uh, because like don't care. No one else will tell you this, but I know it for a fact. Uh, they only signed Ilya Mikheyev because Dan Milstein uh, like jobbed them and told them like, well, you're only going to be able to get Kuzmenko if you also sign Ilya Mikheyev, which was total bullshit. Um, and so they Great like, negotiation skills just just amazing. So so to get that's like. That's the real thing about Andre Kuzmenko is it's like, what did Andre Kuzmenko actually cost you? Five, uh, ten million dollars against the cap for two like late twenties Russian guys who will probably never be better than they already are right now. Yeah. Are right now. Yeah. Uh, great asset management. So yeah, the Ilya Mikheyev thing is like obviously not one of the huge scandals. But it is pretty bad still. And then you have the Tanner Pearson thing, which is like really, really bad. And also kind of doesn't. It's been talked about more lately, I think, because he finally went out and talked to the media yesterday or the day before. Um, But like. It's just you have this this consistent. Stretch of, of time where things keep happening. And you're just like, oh, this organization just treats everybody like shit. Like, they don't care. Oh, oh, and they started the season 
uh, practicing at UBC because uh, their fucking arena was being renovated. <laughs> Which I know is like not a scandal, but it's just like you literally can't do anything right. You can't build an arena that works. You can't have a normal front office or a normal coaching situation. Uh, and you can't even you don't you you don't have a normal approach to signing people or like conducting business in that way. You don't have uh, a normal medical staff and you can't even lose properly. I don't I don't know about the practice or anything, but I do think that the outcome of not playing a home game eight games into your season is uh, just like a really bad business move. Like the George Costanza of the Canucks organization, i.e. whoever is the scheduler. Uh, yeah. Road trips. Um, that's pretty, if that's works. bad for sure. I think what's worse is that like you don't, you can't practice at your own arena. Like to begin right. the season, like you're, you're starting off the season on the wrong foot by, and this is something that everybody who was there for the practices at, at UBC said, uh, audibly hearing all of the players complain about how shitty the, the ice was, uh, because what would happen is the, uh, the Thunderbirds, uh, would like go out and practice shred up the ice. They would flood it, like get the Zamboni out, clean the ice. And then the Canucks would go on. Like, that's what the conditions were. And they'd go out on the ice and just be like, this sucks. Well, they're preparing uh, their players for playing in like three OT at the end of the, at the end of the year. In yeah, June. exactly. Gotta, in like Dallas. Yeah. yeah. in like Dallas and then in, in against uh, Tampa Bay, where I assume the ice isn't good there. Yeah. You know, good enough for them to win. Uh, or, that's or the reason why they won or preparing against uh, uh, Arizona in the Western conference final playing, <laughs> playing in a college hockey rink. Yeah. That's, that's what I should have started with. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's it almost feels like hard to even like it just feels like repeating ourselves or whatever. But I just like we've been this... repeating ourselves for five years. Yes, and the only but... thing is that we we just keep every year our point is underlined by fact even yes. more and more. But this this was the worst. It's not an easy this job, was like everybody. the the season began on a terrible note and never got better. Nothing about it was good. Every good, quote unquote, like positive thing just was just made it worse. Uh, kept them from being bad enough to for the season to even mean something at all. Uh, like this was the worst one. This was the most miserable. I did not enjoy Vancouver Canucks hockey for even one game. The oh, high point, the high point of this season was when we recorded the first episode and they scored three goals at the beginning of the game. <laughs> that was the best the Vancouver Canucks season ever got. Well, losing on home ice. It, well, that was hilarious. Going 0-7, the home yes. opener. That I think that was the best. This no, is the first seven games was very funny. To, there, will, there will be two, when I think of this season in my mind, like five years from now, there will be two things that I remember. It it will be like a clear, like, this is how the season started. 
and this is how the season ended. And the the start of the season image will be the jersey on the ice at the home opener. And the the jerseys <laughs> off our backs. <laughs> yeah. So the the jersey on the ice at the home opener is that's image number one beginning and then bookended by Connor Bedard posting Cheech is a legend on uh the final day of the season. Connor Connor Bedard is like like if he didn't have a publicist or an agent, yeah. He would have he would have like posted that Colin Campbell rigged 2011 if connor like he, bedard he's... had broken his foot four years ago he would be hosting this podcast like he would be <laughs> he would be podcasting literally like if he if he like fucked up his leg and couldn't play hockey anymore he would write for canucks army like it's insane connor bedard is one of the last people on earth who actually likes the vancouver canucks <laughs> and, and, the, and the Canucks were like, no I thanks. think he hates them too, though, but in the same way we do. But like, he hates, yeah. 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 Like, like, I don't know. He's it's, still it's a baby. It's to your point, Jackson. It's to but, your yeah, point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That is true. Well, does that make I mean, it better it, or worse? It's funny. When you're, when yeah. you're like his age, you kind of, and you say, like, yeah, I was a big student fan. Like, you, it's, you probably didn't actually get to watch that much NHL hockey purely because of how much you had to be playing hockey. Yeah. Also, I mean, let's think about it for a second. So he's like 18, right? So that means yeah. he was born in like 2005, right? Whoa, whoa. is that true? I know. I'm sorry. Please I'm sorry. don't say these things to me. Sorry. Yeah, we're gonna bleep. We're bleeping all but this out. That means that he <laughs> would have been warning. like. That means that he would have been like six. Or seven. Oh my god! He is... 2011 happened, but like same relationship to 2011 that I have to 94. Exactly. Yes. And but it's like think about that for a second. That means that like when he says he cried for a week when they lost, <laughs> it's like did. he literally did. Like he was. <laughs> yeah. That's probably. It's not like, like me where I was actually just mad for a week. I didn't actually that, cry that much. That is probably like the single most formative memory for him in his life. Is that happening? And being like, probably like starting to play hockey, and being like, they're never going to do it. I have to do it. <laughs> Which is, by the way, I think I can. <laughs> that is an amazing origin story. I think yeah, I can tell. Yeah, I think I can I probably this. tell tell this story now because it's been long enough. But uh, I remember like when Reese, uh, like first got hired ages ago, having a conversation with him when he got hired by the Panthers. So this is potential eight, bleep warning here. Really, ages ago? No, no, no. It's fine. I, I said I, potential. I'm, yeah, I'm sure it's fine for me to for me to tell the story. He, I remember I was talking to him about the Canucks, like in their you know, this was like at the beginning of them really sucking and he was working for the Panthers and things were, you know, up and down, but going pretty well or whatever. And I just remember him saying offhandedly, like he was like, I'm so glad I'm doing this because, you know, like the the Canucks are never going to win a Stanley Cup, but like maybe I can, you know, like maybe I can can win a Stanley Cup. That can be the way that my parents can die with a fucking happy hockey memory or whatever. You know, well, I don't think he said that part. I'm just adding that on for effect. But like, there is a real sense of that, I think, for some people where it's like, 
part of what drives them is like being able to remember before they could have an effect on a hockey game in some way, whether that's as an executive or as a player being just like horrifically disappointed at all times by a team. And it like sort of sinking into their psyche and like driving them, you know, Tavares with the Leafs too. I was just thinking that problem is just that he's too old now to like, uh, meaningfully affect it for them. But regardless, we're going to talk about Bedard a little bit later, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. But like, I, I actually, because like I usually play like old hockey highlights or whatever while I listen to the show, yeah, I I couldn't find anything, so I I put on for the first time the uh, the Amazon Leaf inside the Leafs access thing. Oh, that's funny. And so I was thinking about <laughs> that how like that thing with Bedard where like the the whole mythology you just spelled out. Mm-hmm. That's what seventy people on the Leafs have tried to do in the last just in the last 10 years like it's true i'm gonna start with toronto and i'm gonna make my dad happy finally (laughs) yeah totally i'm gonna try to get my dad to speak to me again (laughs) and that is the one the one thing now i always i always hear the thing i always hear about bedard is that like he's just such a good boy like such a company man that like you know there's a chance that he would just never like he'll just stick with the team that drafts him forever Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's going to be true for any team as we'll get to later, but like at the same time, there's a part of me that, that does wonder if like, he's just going to end up here eventually because like he he just wants to, you know, there are some, I feel, I feel like where... the parents have to be friends with the ownership or something for that to happen Yeah, or, or like there has, there has to be more to it. Because I, I put so much stock in that kind of thing. We're like, this guy's going to want to come home and really take a hometown discount. But like, when it when that ends up happening, it's ends up just being like Jason Garrison or something, you know? Yeah, and I know what you mean. Yeah. But it, this is one of I'll those. Even when I see it, is all I'm saying. No, and I get that, and I do. I I do think like once again, as we'll get to later, like I do think there yeah. are there are things where it's like if he gets drafted by Montreal, we're fucked. You know, like, uh, but like, but having said that, I think on the other side of things, like if he were to get drafted by like Arizona, you have to think there's a real chance that he does end up here because like like Batman might kidnap his like parents. Maybe, (laughs) but like if if that happens, it, it, you know, you look at with Toronto or whatever, like it happens with Toronto all the time and it's actually happened with good players. And I'm not saying like. Like maybe it won't happen until Bedard is like thirty-five and over the hill. But I just I feel like but the thing with the Toronto thing is that a it, chance is that it only finally happened when the team had a gap at the same like in both yeah. roster. I mean roster you make a spot on the roster room obviously. Yeah, but in terms of cap space, they had space to sign Tavares. Yes, that's true. They don't necessarily like. How often do the Canucks have twelve million dollars in cap how space? How often does just it line up? Kicking yeah. around. That they could drop on. But at the, at the same time, we're also talking about, like, if there's one thing in this scenario that doesn't seem hard to believe, it's the Canucks spending an absurd amount of money on a free agent. Right? Like, sure. <laughs> like, if he wants to sign in Vancouver, I don't think there's they would hesitate for even a second to sign him to like fourteen and a half million dollars a year or whatever. I'll take it. Yeah, like, <laughs> they'll just fucking do whatever. Like they'll just like trade like 
you know, five first round picks to get off of whatever bad contract. I don't know. This is this is all stuff that we'll that we'll talk about later. Because once do again, a... Dax Aquilini. Once Dax Aquilini accedes yeah. to the throne. Yeah, we'll take. Uh, we'll 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 put a pause on the Bedard talk as we get into. Because uh, uh, we'll. It is part of the Canucks se- season wrap up for sure. Yeah, but uh, it's the but... most significant part of the Canucks. Absolutely, season, yes, but. We have a fun exercise regarding Bedard coming up later. Yes, exactly. So we'll we'll tease that a little bit and and return more to the present day rather than the future. Uh, by, I guess, uh, talking about the only real big piece of Canucks news that has um, that has come out uh, since we last recorded, which is the uh, the Bo, Bo Horvat quote from uh, the end of that game on Long Island that I feel like at this point has been like pretty uh, picked over as a talking point, but um, picked over and at this point almost completely forgotten for the context. And no, for I mean, exactly what he said. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you're right. The people haven't forgotten the quote, <laughs> but they have forgotten the, the context, which uh, honestly, if there's anyone to be mad at in this situation, in my opinion, it's the interviewer for asking the world's shittiest, most convoluted question ever. Like either, either it's the worst question ever or the best question ever. You know, like, oh, I, I feel so proud if I got a player to shit on their ex fans. Because that's the thing is, <laughs> oh I, I almost wonder if she like like the 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 twelve D chess move is that she or interpretation is that she intentionally made it convoluted to like trap him, like get him like you know, uh, okay, big what, emotional okay. game or whatever, and then like, what was the question? Okay. Do we have that? Two more regular season games, one more here at UBS Arena. How does this rank for you in playoff pushes, the excitement of this building and the fans' involvement over the last couple of games? Yeah, I mean, it's been unbelievable. It's a lot better than Vancouver. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> Thanks, Bo. Thank you. Got there we go. So that's okay. Weird. So my my first takeaway from that, and which was my takeaway when I first heard it, was yeah. he was not talking about the fans' involvement. He's talking about the first part of the question, which was. How does this playoff push feel for you? How does this playoff push compare in your career? Yeah. Which oh, so you ask the guy who's never played in the play in a real playoff <laughs> since his rookie year. Yeah. How yeah. does this compare? There you go. And then the guy goes, Well, I'm in a playoff push, so obviously it's better. Is like the articulate way of putting what yeah. he said. You know? Yeah. Um it's what I assumed everybody else's takeaway would be as well. And then, and then it just immediately uh, got lost. Yeah. It just got mistranslated right from then on. Well, because everyone was just so desperate to be mad. Well, yeah. Everybody was like, oh, Horvat's playing heel. And I thought that they were taught, like, at first when I saw that, I thought they were referring to him being like, I didn't have as much fun in Vancouver pushing for playoffs. And then, and and then later on, I I realized they're talking about the fans. I was like, where did you get that from? Well, because it's in the question. But here's, no, I, here's... No, I, under- I, look, I understand where they got it from, but I can't believe that's how they did that. But well, here's what really happened, right? Is that like, or what I think really happened, anyways? Is the clip goes out, or people are watching the game, or whatever, and then like. People like and then they all turned into goldfish. Well, no, not even. And only heard the last part of it. People watch the thing, right? And then someone like Taj, as an example, like 
whatever the you know i assume like the islanders version of taj is named like ricky or something <laughs> or, or like jazz um what's and, italian for chat for taj <laughs> yeah probably yeah. taz you're right donatello um <laughs> you know it like transcribes it and says like bo horvat on fans in vancouver and then the full yeah. quote yeah. right which is like not an accurate representation of how the question was framed at all mm-hmm. um at the same time like where the one thing that I'll say, the only thing I will say that is critical of Bo Horvat in this entire segment is bringing up Vancouver at all was a mistake. Yes. Like mentioning Vancouver, just that word was the last word you should have brought up. Like, how does this compare to blah, 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 blah. I've never felt anything like it. That's it. Done. But this is a guy who's really emotional, obviously. Like, he has his best shot. Who, Taj? No. <laughs> Donatello, I mean? I mean I yeah, no. Like, this is, this is, this is Bo Horvat, like, literally kind of in the situation that you play hockey for, which is, like, yeah. late season, grinding out wins, cementing yourself as a playoff team. The barn's like, on look, fire. Would he rather be... Uh, yeah, everybody's freaking out. Like, would he rather be on like a top five team in hockey that's like locked up a playoff spot or whatever? Like, yeah, probably. But like, this is better than anything he has felt in his career before. And I know that people will say that doesn't make sense because of the bubble year, that shit doesn't count. There was no fans and it wasn't like, <sighs> okay. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to go quite as far as to say like those playoffs don't count. They were fake or whatever. It's not. It's not quite that. No, it's but that, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. It's different. Like and and where it's really different is like when I say that the the Canucks like that playoffs was fake. I don't mean that what they did in the playoffs was fake. I mean them getting there was fake. They, they, yeah, they didn't. Get they in. didn't play a full season, right? They they the the world ended at exactly the right time for them like just like right when the wheels were coming off the cart they got a huge break travis green went like you know uh charlie day corkboard mode for three months and like (laughs) coached the shit out of the team and then they came back and it was like it doesn't matter that you were actually out of the playoffs on the day the season ended like you're in the playoffs now you know obviously there's a playing round and stuff whatever who cares but like you know you can't say that him being in an empty building in a fake second round or like a a weirdo second round where he like couldn't see his wife and kid is gonna feel better than this like this is the best thing that he's ever done Pretty much like the only real thing you could compare it to is his rookie year. And he was a fucking rookie. He was playing with Ronald's cannons. It's not the same thing. Like this should be the highlight of his career for him right now. Pretty much. I think that's entirely reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, And, uh, and so like, you know, it, I, I, it was a mistake to bring up Vancouver probably. Um, 
but like we don't we deserve nothing like he oh, yeah he, no the yeah he, the other the other side of this yeah. is that he could have been talking about the fans and, and he, he would have been, been correct right. yes exactly <laughs> yeah he could have said uh the entire city of vancouver can eat my ass and suck my balls and they're all and ugly they're all stupid and ugly and i hate them and i would be like that he's correct good for him he's right to say it i'd be first i'd be first out of the gate yeah That's absolutely i'd actually be defending him more like i've uh, my my, my <laughs> yeah. criticism of him is that he did this without meaning to <laughs> yeah. right and it's my like criticism also and that he apologized well yeah i mean yeah, his apology, and it was funny because they asked Beauvillier about it too at the end of uh, the season, <laughs> like at the availability or whatever. And and Beauvillier hilariously even said, like he was like he was because they were like, "What do you think?" And and also like in that, "What do you think of Vancouver or whatever?" Yeah. And he was like, "I really love it here. I like my teammates. Like I think I like it's great. But like I really don't think that the way people took it is what he meant. I think he just meant like it feels good to be." on a team that's making the playoffs and like, yeah. you know, yeah. ultimately it's, it's one of those things where it's like, if you want to be mad at a guy for, you know, compare it to like Ryan Kessler, right? Like when Ryan Kessler went to Anaheim and he was like, he kind of did the same shit where he was like, I like it better here. It's better. Anaheim's the best, like whatever screw Vancouver. Like, I mean, he wasn't that explicit about it or whatever, but he did kind of say that it's like, Fuck you, asshole. Like you're you're not on a better team. Like you're on a better team now, but especially with the benefit of hindsight, you will never be on a team this good. You will never mm. get this close. Go fuck yourself. With with Bo Horvat, it's like if you want to be mad at him for for taking shots on the way out of the team uh, uh, on his way out because the team never made the playoffs, well they should have made the playoffs at some point. They should have mm. been better. And they weren't. And so, everyone can also shut up about like, oh, well, you know, if he wants to complain about the team never making the playoffs, he was the captain. This maybe is the Shane O'Brien thing. But at the yeah, same time, it's yeah, like this gets into the Shane O'Brien. How many thing years a bit. did the were the twins were the twins the captain? Was Henrik the captain? Sure, you know, yeah. twins on their way out after that 2015 season that they didn't make the playoffs. Yet no one's like mad at them for not that was Henrik City single handedly. Yeah, yes. exactly. Like, um, a player who, like, I'm sorry, but, like, Bo Horvat does not even deserve to be mentioned in the same, like, Brad mm-hmm. has. Not because, like, he's a bad player or even because he's, like, a bad Canuck or 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 even, like, a middling Canuck. He was a very good Canuck, but it's just, like, Henrik Sedin is the best player in franchise history still. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. there's people yes. who maybe have a chance or whatever, but, like, uh, Bo Horvat is never going to be the best player in any team's history um and yeah it's not like you know it's not like we we blame you know like a guy who who was simultaneously like a player who had way more of an effect on whether the team was going to be good or not and was also kind of uh weirdly like less effective when the team was bad than Horvat was you know and some of that is just aging or whatever so it's like you know it's not really a fair comparison either way but like the whole like, oh, well, you were captain and the team never made the playoffs or whatever. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that if a guy doesn't make the playoffs for eight years and then goes to another team that's like right outside the playoff picture and then they make the playoffs. uh, That guy wasn't the problem. 
-hmm. Like, it's almost like the guys are arguably like helped carry that team into the playoffs, which I think is an argumentative conversation, but. But it, I think there's a real, I think you can a thousand percent make the case that like they traded Horvat and like now that team is like not just in the playoffs, but like went from being a team that was like, oh, is this team going to make the playoffs to like not just making the first wild card spot, but the or not just making the second wild card spot, but, but the, first. the first like yeah. completely like by the 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 end of the season, it was like, oh, they can't even fall out. Like they will finish in the playoffs or whatever mm-hmm. on the last day of the season or whatever, or the last game. Um, you know, like it, it, when people say that, you know, or the the fucking idiot, uh, <laughs> the six fifty idiot. I'm not gonna say his name, um, <laughs> but like just being like, uh, Bo Horvat was minus twenty six with the Canucks, which is like you know, the entire team over that span that he was with that entire time was something like a minus 200 or whatever. Um, Like, if a guy doesn't have, doesn't make the playoffs with your team and then immediately makes the playoffs with another team, like it took him two months to wash the stink of your joke franchise <laughs> off of him, you're making the opposite point. Like, yeah, that's like clear proof. And I mean, like that he went absolutely like it's 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 very it's just funny, like the way it works out, because like he went absolute God mode while he was here this season and could not affect shit. And then he can go to the New York Islanders and score like nine points in 22 games and like play the best defensive hockey of his career and they make the playoffs without Matt, Matt Barzal with Barzal out with injury, you know, mm-hmm. like it's just like it, it really, it, it's really funny after seeing what the attitude around the team was like when they were good to see so many people in this market, like point to a, boxcar stat sheet and be like oh Beauvillier has more uh goals or or points or whatever since the trade or like oh yeah look, Horvat's because not really... he's been riding with fucking Patterson well yeah and it's but it's also like and he also ended the season on the fourth line when the t- yeah but it's yeah. like when this team was good and people would be like Mason Raymond has like 25 goals in like <laughs> why do you think he sucks people would be like oh yeah well like that team has a Stanley Cup and that's what matters. You know what I mean? Like, it would be like, oh, well, like, yeah, you can score 100 points, but, like, can you grind in the corners and, you know, fight out those tough games or whatever? And it's like, now you have, you're talking about this shitty-ass team that hasn't done anything in years, and it's like, well, look how many goal- goals they scored or whatever. And it's like, bitch, he's in the playoffs and you're not. Mm-hmm. Shut the fuck up. If this was like, about just getting in the playoffs and, and and that's all, then why is it out the window? No. Every player in the league who like scores a hundred points on a team or like, you know, does some impressive thing on a team and it doesn't fucking matter and they don't make the playoffs always says the same thing. I would take a season where I had zero points and won the Stanley <laughs> Cup over this. Like Always, 100% of the time. That is why 48-year-old, like, Joe Thornton 
goes and plays fourth line minutes on like the Leafs and the Panthers. Right? Like, because there are players who who are like, uh, it means more to me to do this than it does to be the guy. That's why you see people go cup chasing. Um, it's just really like weird to me that not that people are mad about this because like of course they were gonna be mad about it, but just like the the um the way that like people's ability to argue about hockey or discuss hockey has just completely atrophied from um watching this team for such a long time. Like the the Stockholm syndrome has truly set in to the point where where like you know Thomas Drance is forced by his uh like parent company to do a segment every day where they say something positive about the Canucks. And it's like I'm sorry but like the 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 goal like for me if I was on the radio would be like until this team wins I'm going to have a segment where I spin every single possible thing <laughs> in the most negative way possible. Like, and that was what was on the radio when the Canucks were good. That was basically Dave, Frank, you know, <laughs> like actually it was basically Tony. Well, no, Tony Gallagher was, was, there, there's a host of gentlemen who, but like, who paid rent based off of it, based yeah, off yeah. of shitting Tony, on the Canucks. Tony Gallagher in the fucking West coast express era was just like would have been saying what I'm saying. Like he would have been like, yeah, Naslin, like second in the league in points, but like doesn't celebrate enough. Not good, it, not a good enough captain, question mark. Like, whatever. It would just I think it would be more realistically just like, well, let's see if they can prove it in the playoffs, because they never have. And they never did. <laughs> I don't know. It's um it's deeply depressing. They really only bring it up is because Shane I feel like Shane O'Brien just like re injected the conversation out. Yeah, for or sure. really I'm just trying to find an excuse to talk about Shane O'Brien, how hilarious his little fifteen he, minutes of fame has been. He is very funny. Oh, um yeah. he's fatter than me, which is hilarious. Like he I, I remember seeing him a couple he, years he, ago. He's like, had more of a football player's post season yeah. post career. Uh, he's just like a Michelin development. Man. Like I saw him on TV the other day, and I was like, "Damn, dude!" Because he was not that fat like three years ago. Something like it got—I don't know if it was COVID or whatever. The pandemic hit him really hard, and just clearly, um, it is wild. Uh, to everyone was stuck inside, and then they were like, "Well, actually, you're a hero if you eat Chinese takeout." So yeah, he was yeah he was really <laughs> excited about that. Um, he uh, but I, it was just funny to me to see him on TV being interviewed and not just answer every question that had more than five uh, words in it with just like, oh, yeah, man, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, it also bummed me out that he wasn't wearing sunglasses. Uh, but regardless, um, I didn't even wa- really see it. Like, I didn't even really pay attention. But I'm under the impression that he really shat on Horvat, I guess. Uh, which one of you caught that well, actual segment? Well, he went he went on some second rate podcast thing. Okay, that's uh, right. Yeah, right. Which, uh, yeah, where he just laid into him. I know there's like statements written down somewhere, but uh, this is like, yeah, he was absolutely shitting on Horvat and saying how disrespectful he was and how ungrateful he was uh, for how good the Vancouver fans are and the city is. Making it all about the fans' comment, like he kept thinking, like, "How dare you say that about yeah, the totally. fans?" Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're so lucky to play there. Um, like, yeah, they're tough on you, and they'll throw jerseys, but like, they'll really love you when when you win. It's like, 
He wasn't talking about that. And also, well, the other thing like, too is like, how would you know any of that? Like, like it's like, yeah, dude, you really treated uh, Vancouver like it was an honor to play there. That's why everybody uh, after you left was like uh, miming drinking out of their hockey glove every time they saw you. <laughs> like, fuck. Did, did, uh, well, no, he just thinks the fans are good because the only fan he knows or cares about is uh, Pamela Anderson. That he's like milking. Yeah, yeah, right. For okay. fame, yes. Did they? What happened there? He in this interview, he also confirmed that him and uh, Pamela Anderson made out, and like, what? This is very stupid. Yeah, <laughs> that is hilarious. That's awesome. I don't also. Know that. Remember when Jeff O'Neill said that uh, he had his gold medal stolen at the Roxy? At the Roxy, yeah. yeah. I've just always—I don't even know if the timeline lines up even remotely. But in my head, I've always just thought that Shane O'Brien stole his gold medal. Stole it, yeah. (laughs) Like I don't care if that means Shane was like in the NHL at the time, or if he was like five. It's—it's—it's just in my mind, Shane O'Brien stole his his gold medal, Mm -hmm. but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, it was just it was just silly to see some guy um, get a lot of spotlight for that. Continue it on, uh, even though this was a week after Horvat clarified that's not what he meant. Especially, um, especially just because, like, are there two? Is there a is there a pr- guy you can think of, like a former player, a former Canucks player, who has like less of a right to criticize Bo Horvat of all people? You know, yeah. like I mean, I. Uh, I heard someone say this, like if, if, if Shane O'Brien could have had the discipline that Bo Horvat has for like five months, he, he could have made like twice as much money in his NHL career. Uh, You know, not to like, not to harp on a guy for partying too much. Cause like, I mean, relatable, but you know, it's just like, it just really goes to show that like, there no one has any appetite to be generous to you once you're gone you know like uh, canucks fans are doing what they always do which is shit on the guy uh who's not on the team anymore and blame him for everything even though uh you know for the entire because unfortunately of how how it was timed like the entire era that he was here the canucks were pretty bad and he was pretty consistently the least of their problems over that entire show. Yeah. yeah. And I hope he yeah. uh, fucking wins the Stanley Cup. Could you imagine the Canucks face-off members over the last six years if Borvat never learned how to take those? Yeah. Okay, okay, we would teaser. have never, ever... Like, our puck possession numbers would have been funny. Yeah, absolutely. Teaser for end of the episode, but uh, how funny would a Kraken Islanders final be? Bo Horvat versus Jared McCann, baby, in the Stanley <laughs> Cup final. That would rock. Anyways. Um, yeah. Brief, very, very briefly, uh, Calgary Flames blowing it. Hilarious. Uh, yep. I don't know if Love I really have. I watched the hell out of that. To say about it. I don't even really like, I have a weird relationship with the Flames where like, I don't hate them the way that you would think that I would. And I don't even like root against them. Like they're a team that, that like in the first round. Yeah, I'll root for the Calgary Flames. The closer they get. 
I'm the more I'm like, nah, 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 no, I'm not doing. Yeah, this. yeah like too close, like, too close, too I mean, close. Like if it's between them and Edmonton, fuck. Ah, absolutely. Yeah. Every time, every time. Not I'm even always, close. yeah, always. Yeah. Last year, I was totally in favor of Calgary over them. Yeah, I, yeah. I wanted to see them. A thousand percent. I, I wanted to see that Calgary Avalanche series. I wanted to see, yeah. And and like they're 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 one of those teams that like, uh, and this will tie into things we talk about later too. But like, um, like with Colorado, you know, where it's like. Colorado was like, fuck, I hate Colorado because they're because they beat us all the time or they're so good or whatever. But it was like, I would never say a bad word about Joe Sackick, who was one of my favorite players. I would never say a bad word about Peter Forsberg, who was one of my favorite players. Yeah. And like, same thing about uh, Jerome McGinley, obviously. Yeah. Like, even with how much those teams battled, like, it was like, no, Jerome McGinley is like one of my favorite players. He's awesome. It's still even, so funny that the guy that like you think about that connects to rivalry with the Flames while yeah. Ginla was around. And the one guy that Aginla just fucking hated and would always fight. Yeah. Of all people is Matias Olin. Super funny. Very, very funny. <laughs> um, but like the the thing that I will say about Calgary is that I think part of the reason that they don't bother me as much as they could is because I fundamentally have never taken them seriously. Like at any point in my life, like I've never been like like well, the one... I took them seriously as a kid. Like in the in the two in the two thousands, I took them seriously. The, but I, I, yeah, I agree. Took now. them seriously the one season that they beat us in the playoffs and then went to the Stanley Cup final, and and when yeah. that happened, I was like, even though a bunch of people around me were like, "Can of this team jump on the bad wagon?" I was like, "No, fuck you." I am rooting for them. I am rooting for John yeah, Tortorella's obviously. Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, um, who I remember at the time thinking that their coach was funny and animated. And that was part of the reason that I liked them. <laughs> even sure. though I didn't even know who John Tortorella was. I'm sure you did. I was no, really for real. <laughs> like, um, I like when I think of that, like final, the guy I remember is just being like, wow, their coach seems really like fired up. <laughs> mm. He's the, he's the, the guy whose face I can see. And maybe that's just because like, I've seen his face so many times since, as opposed to like yeah. you know, Brad Richards or somebody. Um, yeah. But regardless. Uh, yeah. I mean, like the last few years, there's, there's too, there's simply too many Canuck particles on that team, yeah. but also like watching a flames game, like for that stretch of years, I'd say before Ryan Miller uh, was, sure. was our goalie yeah. um, where every Canucks goalie, like you had, you had kind of enough faith in them, Yeah. but if they ever handled the puck, or you like yeah. you always know there was one goal in them that they were gonna let in that was gonna be just fucking stupid. Yeah. Just just like who lets in that goal? And yeah. it was your goalie who'd let that's what I that's what I see with Markstrom. Yeah. The, totally. the flames yeah. just something something stupid that a professional hockey player should not do, does it? There's still too the much Mike Smith in that dressing room. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really I... not just Markstrom. It's the <laughs> that particle is there too. I referred to them as God's cruelest mistake because like there's a, there's just this, there's this thing about them where it's like their loser mentality in like the very, very similar way to the Canucks where, where it's like they've technically been better over this span, but in the stupidest ways possible where like the most successful they've been in in a really long time is that year when they beat us in the first round and their team was objectively terrible and they yeah, just won worse. every game by one goal and PDO'd their way to the second round and then got owned. 
And like ever since then, it's like they might win a round or like make the playoffs, but like they just consistently like blow it, embarrass themselves, miss the playoffs in seasons where they're not where they're supposed to be really good. Like kind of surprise people a little bit in seasons where they're supposed to be bad. And like at, at every opportunity when I've needed them to when I've like wanted them to win so that the Canucks would be, you know, lower, like higher in the draft lottery or, or get a higher pick. They blow it and like blow our chances to get a better pick. And every time that I've wanted them to lose, because it's like, Oh, they're this fucking paper tiger. And like, this is the Sedin's last shot at winning a playoff round. That's when they find a way to do it. And they literally like only, I don't know what happened the year that they actually won the Stanley cup. And I don't care. But like the first time they made the you cup, don't care. Yeah. Uh, the first time they made the cup final literally only happened because the Oilers scored on themselves in game seven. Hilarious. Oh uh, yeah. 86 or whatever. Yeah. Just like a, a, a joke, a, 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 also a joke franchise. Like I, I, sometimes I think about it and I'm like, you know what? It's really hasn't been that much worse to be a Canucks fan than a Flames fan. And I laugh about that. Because it's like, <laughs> I mean, they've all the same. They've well, had they, they more punctuation. The thing is, they've had more punctuation to yeah. the last ten years, and that's what I'm jealous of, at the very least. Like, yeah, at, at the end of the day, do we fall in the same place? Probably, but a lot more fun to watch. I would have had a lot more fun being a fan of the Flames in the last ten years. I mean, yeah. you think that, but like. This season oh, seems. Oh, like it, it would have totally been a horrendous. It would have. It yeah. would have been like a. It, it's like which type of disease would you rather have? Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. maybe the boring I think one. Which you are currently the expert in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 the up, the ups and downs. Maybe you don't want it, but like the monotony. Sometimes you want you want a break from. Yeah, it's it's Entirely been monotonous fair. to be a Canucks fan. I will so. say that it's also very, very funny just how they signed every single former Canuck. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my God. Funny. Troy, Ste- Troy Stetcher has had like a, a oh, resurgence yeah. in his career playing for them. He's okay. incredible. But here's the thing. There is one way that there, there is a, 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 there is a point of Canuck oversaturation that they can reach where I firmly believe they will cross over into the other side and become one of the best teams in the Western Conference. And that is if they hire Bruce Boudreaux. One thousand percent. If they hire Bruce Boudreau, they're winning like the first round of the playoffs next year. Good point. Okay, so I have a I have a question Boudreau related. So I've seen I've seen lots of talk, especially with the Canucks doing their media availabilities, and lots of players being asked. And I'm sure that maybe there's kind of an obligation where you can't really say, like nobody's going to say I liked it better under Boudreau. Closest we've gotten to that is hearing from Boudreau saying that. Uh, apparently Luke Shen used to, which which is amazing, yeah. walk up to the front office and vouch for Boudreaux and ask which him what rocks. the fuck is going on up here, yeah. which is so cool. Yeah. I'm so happy for him. Probably why they traded him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. It's probably yeah. that's probably one of the only reasons we actually had a trade as a deadline. Yeah. Is like let's get let's get this rebel res right here. But anyways, yeah. the point what I was saying is like I've seen all these players talk about how like you know what we liked him, but like there was a need for a change. Or like we couldn't keep doing what you're we doing at the beginning of the year, and like mm-hmm. more account, like there wasn't enough accountability, discipline, yeah. and all that stuff. And I mean, I think most people read that. Correct me if I'm wrong. As oh, 
Boudreau was like not a good enough coach. He wasn't yeah, he sure. wasn't uh holding the team accountable enough. He wasn't pushing them hard enough and, and making them accountable for their mistakes. Mm-hmm. Right? That's that's a fair assessment of that, right? Based off what we've Yeah, I would say that there's definitely argument, some people for argument's are, sake. Yeah. Now, is that is that just what happens when you're a coach who's a very obviously a, like a sitting duck or a lame duck or whatever? Yeah. Like, oh, management hates me and wants to fire me. I'm probably not going to do my job as well. Slash, well, decent chance I can't do my job as well because I probably also that's can't get a big part. I think I've I probably mentioned... can't also get all of my staff on board to do this. Yeah, I probably like yeah. There's there's probably so many resources that are not as available to me anymore to hold my team accountable. And look, well, am I saying yeah. this because I love Bruce Boudreau oh, yeah, and, I, yeah. and I'm going to defend him? Like, uh, I'll defend him from from all his detractors. Like, yes, especially with how this year has gone, but. I kind okay. of feel like that's just what happens. Look, I and mean, it's not necessarily the talk. It was amazing and, and, and well, big improvement. But, I want to pre- I want to preface this by saying I've actually like been pretty impressed with Rick Tockett so far. Like, you know, uh, benefiting from low expectations, obviously, but like it hasn't been the disaster I thought it was going to be. Well, the teams played well. They've played well in ways that actually look like now. Once again, obviously. There's so many things you can point to and just be like, well, you got the easy schedule. It means nothing. And I agree, but it's like, and he has a healthy Thatcher Demko. Yeah. But having said that it, those are not the only things that have improved. Right. And it's like, look, uh, uh, bumping up like 2% or whatever, or two percentage points in expected goals or whatever. Could that just be from playing worse teams? Yes, it could, but it's enough that it makes me think maybe there's more to it than that. So, you know, the team does look like they've played better under Tockett. We'll see if that, like, matters. We'll see if any of that is, like, actually sustainable or if it's just a mirage. But the thing that I will say is, like, in, like, press conferences and stuff, he he's acquitted himself well, and I, I feel like I, I get him and I'm on the same page. Like, when I listen to him talk about philosophy and, like, talk about what he's trying to do, and one thing that the players have said that, and this is a thing that I think is really good, is that this coaching staff is really detail oriented and works with people one on one a lot, and that's great. Like, so prefacing what I'm about to say with, so far, I do think Talkit and his staff have, have done a pretty good job, about as good of a job as you could ask for, um, arguably too good of a job, uh, given the situation, but really really think about the idea for a second that the problem with the Canucks was Bruce Boudreaux who is Bruce Boudreaux and the solution was Rick Tockett that is a thing that if you said at any point other than right now would sound like the dumbest, most insane thing anyone has ever said in their entire life. The problem was the like second winningest coach of all time. And the solution was this guy who made the playoffs once and has been the coach of one of the worst teams in the league every other year that he's coached. Like, that's, that's just silly. It's just a silly thing to believe. Like, it, could it be that, you know, the roster and the organization and where they're at, like, talk it's a better fit? 
Yeah, absolutely. But like the idea that the problem was the coach when he was the solution a year ago, it's just stupid. It just doesn't make any sense. If the Canucks get better next year, it won't be because of coaching. It'll be because Thatcher Demko is healthy. Everything's like shakes right for them at once and they improve their roster. And mm-hmm. Tockett will benefit from that, and he'll be a good enough coach to do something with it. But yeah. like, and yeah. and I'm bringing this, up, I'm bringing this out because I, I feel like that whole the problem versus solution thing there. I feel like that is the subtext of every time a coaching story comes out lately, and yes. I feel like the Canucks, it's in management's interest to have more of those stories come out, and for that to be the subtext of it. Um, like I, I think it's a serious, like it, it means a lot when. There's a coach who's kind of on an island in Bruce yeah. Boudreaux. Oh yeah, absolutely. Who doesn't who doesn't have the same access to like communication staff isn't supporting him. Like they're they're yeah, not yeah. No, no. actively was, working with. He was actively sabotaged by the organization. Yes, like, yeah, that's, yeah. That, the, the, that, that's which the reality. can happen in so many different ways and yeah. and in very subtle ways. Where now the way, we're seeing the... what the exact opposite of it. We're seeing what it looks like when yeah. the team is fully on board with their coach, which the ends story... up and you yeah. That, that you hear about that, by the way, too, is not that like, like you would, you could hear me say like, oh, they actively sabotage the coach and be like, wow, that's so shitty. And yes, it is. But it's actually not a thing that I think necessarily reflects that badly on them, because the story that you hear about it uh, is that they sabotaged him as a fuck you to the owner. Right. Which mm-hmm. is like, if they actually have the balls to do that, that's not a bad thing. Like, their willingness to do it. Wait, you, you think you think Rutherford and Co. did it, or were doing it to sabotage Aquilini? Yes, I've 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 heard as much. Like, essentially, the story that I heard. I thought the story was that Benning got him hired right at the end as a fuck you. No, 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 no. He wasn't around. Is that not the story that we talked about? No, no, Aquilini, ben, like, ben... Aquilini hired Boudreaux. Yeah, like the like everyone else was gone. He had to do something because the organization didn't have any people, and he hired Bruce Boudreaux because that was the guy okay. he'd heard of, right? Benning was right. gone by this point, long gone. So yeah. they hired Boudreaux. Like Stan Stamil was the yeah, Stan Stamil is the GM right. for, two, for two games. Um, I guess I don't see the I don't understand the logic okay, yet. Okay, so they, yet. they hired yeah. Boudreaux, right? Or Aquilini hires Boudreaux, and then he hires a front office. Yeah, but the front office didn't sign off on this coach. And then the coach, co- like, then the team plays really well under the coach. But the front office has never been enamored with them, with with him, rather, sorry. So they get to the end of the season, and it's like, well, like, we played okay, but we didn't make the playoffs, and this is not our guy. So we would like to hire our own coach. And then Aquilini is like, no. And they're like, Okay, fine. And then they lose their first ge- seven games of the season. And then they're like, okay, <laughs> what did we just tell you? And Aquilini's like, no, I don't want to pay for three head coaches. And they're like, okay. And eventually it gets to a point where it's a staring contest between Rutherford specifically and Aquilini and what ends up happening is there is a conversation that is essentially like, I you ha- I want to fire Bruce Boudreaux. This is not working. And Aquilini says no. And Jim Rutherford 
being Jim Rutherford, one of the only people in the game who could say something like this, says, Mm -hmm. okay, "Okay, then I'm going to make sure this transpires in the most embarrassing possible way for you. Right. Which is what happened. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. That's what I heard. That was that was that was the thing that I heard. Mm-hmm. So just finishing up on uh, a little thing that sort of relates to that, and just to to put a pin in remembering the Canuck season and move on to more interesting things. Um, the the thing about the Stockholm syndrome, like really, really starting to set in. I think, like, kind of it dovetails from that nicely because it's like these are this is what happened this year. Like this is how dysfunctional the organization was. And you still have people, people who aren't even like ride or die for the team. Like people who aren't positive about the Vancouver Canucks saying things like, well, you know, like, I think they're finally going to figure it out. Like, I think they can at least make the playoffs or like, Oh, like, you know, I, I really do think like, you know, PD and Demko and Hughes are just too good. And like, all they have to do is just, do a couple of things because their pro scouting is so much better where these guys are so much better than the last guys. And it's like what they're talking about when they say that is that they found Ethan bear basically like they found Ethan bear and Neil Zaman and Dakota Joshua. And all those guys like played not bad this year, but it's like, is that really like how much better is that than the then like you know a few years ago you could squint and be like boy hey like Vertanen and Adam Gaudet are sure working out eh you know like it just once again it just feels like the the level of conversation has like seriously degraded because like at this point what reason do you have to believe in these guys at all the only things about the team that have been good, <laughs> I'm about to make a I'm about to make a Jim Benning like Mike Gillis uh, art style argument, but like Jim Rutherford inherited all his good pieces from Jim Benning, <laughs> <laughs> and like I'm sorry, but that's true. Like, yeah, the supporting cast has been better because anything would be better, but like the reason this team even made it to 500 is two people, Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes. The reason they could do better next year is Elias Patterson, Quinn Hughes, and Thatcher Demko. And, like, would I rather they spend, like, $4.5 million on Mikheyev than $3 million on Jay Beagle? Like, yeah, but, like, I'd rather they do neither of those things. You know? Anyway, for, for, for me, like, or well, how much of that do you think is just that there was more offensive production after Talkman came in? Or like you, you saw that Pedersen, Kuzmenko and co were just on, on a way better offensive, like expected goals there, went up, obviously only 2%, yeah, but mean, like there wasn't really, though, like uh, there was more like the if you want to talk about like what changed under Rick Tockett, the though. <clears throat> The only guy you can really point to is JT Miller. Mm. He is the guy who played way better under Rick Tockett. Everybody else just kind of like, oh, oh, sorry. And Connor Garland, um, I think, to a certain extent. Like Garland, Besser a little bit. But like Elias Pettersson and Andre Kuzmenko 
that's just they've just been those guys all year and it didn't really matter who the coach was um the 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 changes that came under Tockett, i think were were just like not being the worst defensive team in the league or like the worst pk team in the league i, I mean arguably well with shen gone yeah and with i mean respect to him as a person but yeah. with the injury of oel Yes. Opening up that space uh, for AHL players and some college players to come oh, yeah. in. Absolutely. For me, like, okay, I already, in terms of playoffs next year, like, I already was already on the edge of like, okay, five or six, they're, they're kind of like five or six games away from the playoffs. I think that's going to be something that's known to management and thought about this summer a lot. We were only five games away, arguably. Yeah. Um, so I do think they, they could have made it this year in, in some scenarios. Uh, yeah, maybe without without first road trip out of the way yeah. at least, right? Um, literally, it's if management puts faith in people like Akita Hirose mm-hmm. and, and just putting faith into their Abbotsford squad, especially on defense, being able yeah. to show up uh, where they don't have to pay so much for guys like OEL. Whatever happens with OEL, if there's a buyout or not, like. If they can put faith in these random guys, random journeymen being able to shore, shore up the blue line, I do think they can make the playoffs. Like, for me, that's the difference maker. Like, seeing seeing that last 10 games, seeing how much better that defense was, like, yeah. I, I really do think they're going to make it next year. Ultimately, I, don't think, I still don't think they could win a first round, but, like, I, all of that stuff it's a me, little bit night and day for me. Yeah. Uh, all of that stuff for me is, uh, is like, uh, too early to tell, believe it, too early to tell. I'll believe it when I see it, but also mainly like I just want to see what they do in the off season before I say anything. Yeah, um, like the the caveats to my like putting faith in uh, these younger guys who have, who have not really proven it yet. Arguably, is that I feel like there's a pen, there's a tendency in front offices to they'll be like, well, that's not what a serious team would do. A serious team would still pay for the best talent that's out there, and so yeah. if they have the opportunity to. They're still going to try to flip for some oh, slightly overpaid, at least, uh, veteran defensemen because they still will think like, well, it rained two games. Somebody like Akita Hirose won't won't make it. But like, yeah, I don't know. I'm impressed by by him specifically. Yeah. And it makes me all the more willing to like it's it's kind of like with me with goalies. I'm like, yeah, goalies are like you say, goalies are voodoo. Yeah, totally. Trust, uh, at this point. You can you can trust a goalie who hasn't played a lot of NHL games to step yeah. in. Yeah. So the thing with Akito um, Hirose that I'll say is like, because I agree with you actually. Like, I spent like uh, I spent probably a week having an argument in my brain where I was just like, could Akito Hirose be a top four defenseman? Nah. On, the, on this team, but maybe. <laughs> and and the thing where I eventually landed is have have to see training camp next season because ultimately like there's too much going in his favor like his attitude is amazing uh and and that's the thing that really makes me think maybe there's something there but like ultimately we're talking about a guy who is like 24 straight out of the ncaa um any like guy who is running on pure adrenaline whether it's a guy whether it's an ahl call-up or a guy you just signed of that yeah. age like can look good for 10 games right especially in garbage time at the end of the year um and then in addition to that you have like the small sample size thing 
the you know the um the hyping uh the random like new guy from the ncaa thing like it's just one of those things where it looks good but the the way to approach it is like looking good like he has to look good he's 24 if he didn't look good he's not an nhl like he has to come in and do what he did to have a realistic shot at being an NHL player, let alone well, I, like, I, a contributing I, NHL. I, I agree, but I see, I see like that kind of player who comes in for the last 10 game stretch, which, and like this happens every year with a yeah. lot of teams that, that are a little bit outside the playoff picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they'll do things like they'll play good quietly. They'll make all the right passes within their own zone, make a few good yeah. breakout plays and like manage to keep a puck on side. Right. Yeah. But Hirose has, has done that plus take risks and, yeah. and do some like weirdly impressive stuff on the offensive blue line. Yep. And it's led him to get on power plays. And, and like that cross ice path that led to a breakaway. I think it was a breakaway yeah, goal was, for Miller. Beautiful. Yeah. It was like it was really guys yeah. who come straight out of the NCAA not only don't do that, but get like benched for trying that shit. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it just, it's just made him all the more special. And and I agree with you. And my uh, the only thing the thing that I'll say uh, as like uh, just as a thing to keep in mind is Brad Lukowicz. Um, and I realize that JT Miller is not the Sidians, but like you know, sometimes <laughs> weird shit happens and people just look really good for five games, and it literally doesn't matter later. So we'll but, see. Hey, I grew uh, my first. <laughs> I grew up with Jason King. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's like I'm not I've just I don't have an opinion on it yet. Not enough information. Sure. Why don't we talk about the one guy who could make all of this conversation totally moot? Uh sure. which is Connor Bedard. Sure. Um so I did a huge thread on Twitter that you can refer to if you want. Uh ranking yeah, I'm pull it up. uh generally like uh doing a bunch of different power rankings for T for landing spots for Connor Bedard based on different positive or negative things. Uh, I think I did entertainment value. I did most to, or least to most annoying. Um, to uh, deserving. Deserving. Uh, and most importantly, the one that I did that was the most important to me anyways, was which team is the most likely to result in him ending up in Vancouver at some point. Um, yeah. So and people- side note, the other ones you huh. did were were uh, most likely to torture Canucks fans for oh, the next yeah. 15 to 20 years. Yes. Yeah. And then the most, and also entertainment value. I mentioned that one. Yes. But oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so I don't want to rehash all of those because people can go read them. Um, but I do want to just talk to both of you guys about just generally excluding Vancouver because they have the least shot. And also, obviously, for all of us, like, we're too close to it, and it's obviously where we want him to go, so it's pointless to even talk about. Um, uh, I do want to basically just talk, go around each of us, say, like, where we would, like, kind of rank, like, where we would most slash least like him to end up. But before I do that, I do want to open up uh, the floor to either of you, but specifically Elliot to get mad at me for any of the teams that I ranked too high or low <laughs> in any of the rankings. Right. Cause I know Elliot in particular was kind of mad about one of the teams, which I, is took, that issue, again? I took issue with Anaheim being okay. least annoying. 
being yeah. third least annoying. I feel like I feel like maybe it's because my perception of Anaheim is kind of tainted by really the Corey Perry, uh, Ryan Getzlaff, and heel years Ryan Kessler. So it's like, no, yes. they are firmly a heel team to me. Plus Anaheim just sucks in general. Um, sure. So it's like, to me, they should be way up higher. Compared, like they should be in like the Montreal or like just swap them with Philly and then that's my list. Yeah. And, and where, where I will, what I will say about my rubric for this is that I think the things that annoy me are just a little different than what would annoy a lot of people or most people like, yeah, that's fair. One thing I will say is like, like I had a person say, Oh, Connor, Connor Bedard and Connor McDavid in the same division won't be annoying. And I was like, I don't think the Vancouver Canucks are a serious franchise. I would love to watch Connor Bedard and Connor McDavid face off like eight times. Yeah, we get to watch him. Like we get to watch him. Yeah. And it's like Connor Bedard, I can already tell, like as long as he doesn't come out and say something stupid or like I find out he's a racist or something like Connor Bedard is already like a guy I'm really excited to watch. Like he's from here. Nope. No players come out in support of Cheech this much. Exactly. Like I, I, it, it's it's so funny, but there's a part of me that really is like, well, if Connor Bedard was a Stanley Cup, at least I know someone who is a Canucks fan growing up, a Canucks super fan <laughs> growing up, won a Stanley Cup, and that might be the closest I ever get. So like, I really do. I mean, the quicker you know, he, if, if he were to win a cup really quickly, early in his career for another team, yeah. more likely he is to leave that team and be, be just like, well, next I need to bring it home to Vancouver. Uh, and, and I, I mean, you know, we'll see where all of that goes, but, um, I think the thing with Anaheim for me was one, um, I did just like, I really liked Paul Korea and I really liked their uniforms in that era. And so yeah. I don't really, but I will say I did hate Getzlaff and Perry. And, um, I think where they, what, the reason why they kept showing up probably higher than they should have is just because like they it's been a while since they've been good. They only have one Stanley mm-hmm. cup. Whereas like a lot of the other t- teams on the list have multiple. And at the very least, um, they aren't like, you know, they tried to get him this year, right? Like they're not going to get him by accident the way so- some teams might. And they're like a serious franchise and they're also like a team that could go turbo and be really fun to watch like next year if they get them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Too many good prospects. You know, I think what happens with Trevor Zegris and how much like more or less annoying uh, he becomes over and like, as that, he that's what I'm worried about. He gets adulthood. more power. You know? Yeah. He's so much more annoying. Yeah. And even so, Adam's not necessarily know, we'll good next year. They could at least be oh, super annoying. entertaining. Yeah. And so that's that's part of it is 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 it's just kind of like, you know, for for me, I would rather see him go there where I feel like it'll he'll be fun to watch and it'll be exciting and interesting than see him go to like Arizona. Uh, like which Trevor Zegers is, like is one such an annoying. I'm I'm stuck on this. Trevor yeah. Zegers is the kind of annoying zoomer that I know if he won the cup, he'd try to flip the cup like a water bottle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. He do, he do some stupid Zoomer shit like that. So, um, he why doesn't don't we, take, yeah. 
do you you have the list in front of you, right, Vias? Yeah. So yeah. Um, why don't we go through? Uh, why why don't we just go through each of the teams and talk about the merits, uh, you know, advantage and disadvantages of him going to each team, and we can just kind of say like individually. Yeah, because I, I don't I don't want each of us to list we, list our teams yeah, separately. Too, that's, yeah, I'm not no, that's, yeah, yeah. it's it's just too much time and it's not it's not interesting. But it would we're be gonna fun, keep the I episode think, under four hours. To talk, yeah, I think it would be fun to just very briefly talk about each team. Yeah. Okay. Um, so should we start with uh, the the? So you ranked. We're we're going by the most to least at least the most annoying. So we yeah. can start with San Jose. Yeah. So San Jose. San Jose would lead us to the same situation of uh, McDavid and Bedard being in the same division. Yep. Which um, is not a bad thing to me. I yeah, I don't care. I I like San Jose being and being a not a contender, but like I I I'm not mad that they've always been like a hair away from like the Western Conference Final every year for the last 10, 12 years. No, so I, I miss them being like the one divisional team that I can respect. Yeah. 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 I kind of have I, they kind of are one of those teams like Buffalo to me where uh and I mean Buffalo is a whole different level but like with San Jose it's like I can't hate them because uh they've never been good they ne- they have never been quite good enough for me to hate them. Yeah. Um and I you know like they have good uniforms, they're in a nice place uh and I also feel a kinship of like Sad Sack franchise with them. Yes, because their history is so similar to Vancouver, and so like yeah. you know, I, I am terminally a, like a person who will root for sad sack franchises because of just because of the Canucks, but also just because of my disposition. Like, I literally wasn't watching baseball at the time, but when I heard the Cubs won, I was like, "Fuck yeah!" I was Good so excited about yeah. it. I the the first thing I thought about was just Steve Bartman. I was like, that guy can finally like rest in peace. Like, not rest in peace. He's not dead, but like, I know he can finally mean. like live in peace. That the Cubs won. Want to? They apparently they literally gave him a championship ring. <laughs> like they found <laughs> him and gave him a ring, which is amazing. Anyways, um, I digress. But yeah, San Jose for me is the is other than Vancouver, um, without like three D chess or four D chessing it and trying to think about like how he could end up here. San Jose is my like team that I would most like to see him go to um, because I think it would, it, it's the highest combination of it would be fun to watch. It would be enjoyable. And I would get to, uh, and I wouldn't. A handful of years with him and Carlson it. together would be fun. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and is, if they annoying. could just get like a decent goalie, then that team has a good spine to do a lot yes. with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have your center, you have your defenseman, you have your goalie. All right, Columbus. Columbus, yeah, very funny. Yarno deserves a win, I think. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't hate him yet. Is there a reason that, to hate him yet? At that point, it's like we got Connor Bedard, we got Cam, we got Josh. That's three Canucks got- fans to root for, <laughs> right? Like Johnny um, Johnny Gaudreau's there. I mean, it would be pretty. Hey, it, he could I probably mean, afford a house there. Huh? Hey, yeah, I mean, hey. it would be pretty cool. Uh, I think because you could have like, Cam and Josh just whispering at him to like sign in Vancouver eventually. Exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, not, the guys yes, from Street yeah. Fight Radio might become hockey fans, and oh, hey, absolutely. I I live yeah. close enough to uh, hockey dipshit that 
I, we, could, we could probably do a crossover we if we ever decide to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's a, that's the a, far future. That's a great one. Um, the other thing is uh, Columbus also like, you know, they haven't been around also sad for sack. very long, but also sad. Also sad sack. Uh, very far away. Don't have to think about them or worry about them. Won't affect yeah, they're the east now. us at all. They're out in the east. Yeah. Um, I don't have any bad associations with them. Uh, like Connor Bedard winning a Stanley Cup with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Sounds like a low stakes thing that I could enjoy watching. So I... <laughs> not a problem for me. You know, it feels like like Columbus and Pittsburgh, you know, they're both uh, they're both steel rust belts towns. Mm-hmm. Uh Columbus probably deserves the Crosby treatment by now. Yes. Yeah. Although Columbus, I don't see them suddenly getting their Malkin after their Crosby. I, I don't yeah. see them falling in the bottom 10 after they get Bedard based off of who they already have. I mean, they system. actually got Malkin first, but regardless, I understand. What right. You're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like they're because, yeah. you, know, you know, Pittsburgh needed a run of three straight drafts uh, yeah. getting getting the spine of their team going yeah like getting mark andre flurry flurry person overall which is a funny thing to think about this is um, crazy but it worked somehow it did, yeah the it one worked, time. so who cares yeah um, all right anaheim anaheim so i will say i've thought about this and i was wrong there is one team that i should have put ahead of it um and we'll talk about that when we get there but uh sure yeah i mean Again, I just mostly think it would be fun. I think that this is a thing that will become a, th- a theme with lower down teams, but like they deserve Connor Bedard. They have they've done the work. They've done the work. They put in the hours. They steered into the skid. Like they they and and I I respect that in a way that I don't respect like um, teams that try to be good and are bad or teams that just aren't serious. Um, uh, and that's why like. You know, I know a lot of people were like, why isn't Philadelphia higher on the list? And it's like, okay, Philadelphia would be possibly great because it increases the chances that he could come here. But like, I don't want to see Connor Bedard get coached by John Tortorella. I don't want to see Connor Bedard go to a team that will just immediately like try to trade for like three shitty veteran players and think they can make the playoffs that way. Like, that sounds terrible. I don't want to watch that. Yeah, they're kind of on a bit of a Canucks kick. They are the most Canucky franchise in the in the league, other than the Canucks right now. They've had, they right. even had Vanio, man. Yeah, yeah, but that was when they were semi-serious. Like they're just a they're just a joke right now, and I just don't I don't want to see. I like this kid too much, at least right now. I don't want to see him go to a joke team. So yeah, Anaheim. Uh, it's mostly just based on them uh, deserving him, but I I kind of regret putting them that high because there's a team that should have been higher in my he, sure. And Anaheim's a team where he he could find success extremely quickly. That team, yeah, that, that team could flip its spot at standings. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, everything that I've said positively, yeah. Sorry, to me, everything I've heard, everything that I said positively about San Jose is opposite for Anaheim. Sure, and yeah. I understand. Also, that. Uh, I was going to say this during the San Jose part. Mm-hmm. I don't think Anaheim is a real city. That's a resort city. Doesn't That's count. True. It's like if it's like if Orlando had an NHL team. Which they kind of do, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, 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 right. That's that's true. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I, I just, I just don't think. Okay, yeah. As a team, have they done the work? Sure. Mm-hmm. But like, it, it's just, it's annoying. I, I, I don't want to see it. Anaheim succeed that much. Like, yeah, I yeah, legit I would. Like, if LA was really bad this year, uh, I would, and I hate LA a lot more than I hate Anaheim. I'd like, 
on some cosmic level, LA deserves a Bedard more than Anaheim does to me. Ah, uh, the LA Kings. That's the thing. Like, you know what <laughs> no, I mean? Like, I, I know, I know. That's the thing. Is it's just like it's like ultimately with Anaheim, it's like I don't love them, but I also don't care that much. Like, I don't this, hold you know that what? much resentment to them. It's by resentment the against do. the the Walt Disney Corporation. That's fair. That is fair. <laughs> Who does not own them anymore? But still, it's residual. Well, well, okay. they, but they but they own the city. That's true. No, that's okay. an important point. That's and so that yeah. city, I think, should not exist or should that's, not. Be that is true. That the city should not exist. That's fair. Now Detroit. Fair. Okay. So uh, this... can I lead off here? Yeah. Yeah. Just because I want to say that somebody who grew up in the '90s with those like god tier Detroit teams, yeah, him going to Detroit just feels like the return of, like the return of the king. It just feels like the thing that yeah. was fated to happen. Yeah, everything yeah. is yeah. right in the universe again. Yeah, and yeah. and that it, it it so this one for me, and I actually was wrong as well with this one. Um, I think Detroit, the thing with Detroit that gives me like time with this is that it's it's ultimately like they've been bad for a long time now. They've been bad for long enough that this would not bother me anymore, and. If he goes there, that team is fucking going turbo mode and they're not in this conference anymore and it would be fun to watch. And like, think about this. If uh, like, if he goes there and Detroit just becomes good immediately because of all their like B plus pieces that they have, they are just going to torture Toronto and Boston for like 15 years. And I am so <laughs> I here for in that. The same division. Like, yeah. and that would be awesome. So like, Especially if Toronto blows up in the next couple of years, and Boston prop might have to blow up in the next few years too. Yeah. Um. Even if they, even you know, even if they win a cup this year, uh, it it will be excellent watching that. And also, when you play Toronto like what a dozen times a year, uh, plus Montreal and Ottawa, you're gonna get a lot more media time. Yeah. And I, it's it's. I mean, we'll we'll cover this later for playoff predictions. Yeah. Me fighting Elliot, but like, (laughs) yeah. Out, like, if we're going to be fed some media spotlight, I'd rather the spotlight go on somebody good. Yeah, you know? totally. Also, like, yes. Detroit Detroit is a city that deserves something nice now. Yeah. You know, like, and, and yeah. And that franchise, like, in the same way we said, in a similar way where we said the other teams have done the work, that yes. franchise on, like, a management level in the long term has, has done always the done the work. And yeah. Anaheim, I feel like, hasn't really done that as much. Like, they're just bad and they're going yeah. to luck into on some level you sure uh, yeah. luck luck into uh co- returning to uh systemic success but like Steve Eiserman has the Eiser plan and I yeah. would like that to get validated I which I mean our, look it already was validated in Tampa yeah. but now he's doing he's done it from scratch the and, thing that kept I, me from having Detroit it. higher I think is that I was swayed a little bit too much by how much success they've had in the past. Like just being mm-hmm. like that team was good for so long. They deserve nothing, but I don't really have any resentment towards them. Yeah. Um, other like, I really think it seems that are know, good for good reasons. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, yeah. It's, it, it's much like the Colorado thing where it's like, yeah, it's annoying that they were so good for so long or whatever. And they like victimized the Canucks, but at least they deserved it. So no, yeah, look, if this I, was like, if Roxy fever existed in 1997, we yeah. would have said the same thing about the Red Wings, where we go like, "Look, they're they're too good, and they keep beating up beating up on the Canucks and all that, yeah. and that sucks." 
Uh-huh. So we hate them on some level, but they go out and take the risk of signing Russians and putting all this faith into yeah, Russians totally. and like they're succeeding yeah. in the same way. We say like, we kind of want to do this Kyle Dubis to succeed. Uh, sure. It's a perfect yeah. point. Yeah, exactly. Detroit was kind of proving those points and how they are able to get success and also excellent European drafting. Uh, yeah. Like that. Uh, For sure. years the first team to do, yeah. to really do that. And the, the thing that I will also, the one other thing that I'll say is like, I think Detroit is really good for like maximum attention and maximum like it'll be a huge deal that he's there without it affecting like it being annoying for me as a Canucks fan or being in the Western Conference or it being another Canadian team. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's kind of like hits the sweet yeah. spot. Um, it's the only and- good original six team who should have it, who should yes, have them. Totally. And so this brings us, I believe, to Washington. Yes. And what I will say right oh, now yeah. is that what I should have done was flipped Washington and Anaheim because yep. I've had yep. more time to think about it now. Yeah. And what I was thinking was I was thinking they just won a Stanley cup, like not that long ago. And I was thinking about it in the same way that like if Pittsburgh got him, that would be so annoying or whatever. But then yeah. I thought about it a little bit more and I was like, Washington was a sad sack franchise for such a long time. And Ultimately, seeing Connor Bedard center Alex Ovechkin would be probably the mm-hmm. coolest thing in the world. It's it's the biggest thing yeah. that could lead him back to lead him to a eighty. Yeah, which is which is the mark he needs to get to to beat Gretzky. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, him and Ovechkin being together, like. The Lemieux and Crosby crossover. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of these things oh, are true. awesome. Yeah, it mm-hmm. would be really cool. And I, I think I thought for a minute, like, oh, that would be really annoying because, like, they, ju- they like didn't even have to wait between generational players, and like that annoys me on like a fairness level. But I also just have no resentment for the Washington Capitals at all. And would love to see them. It's because they're more. a sad sack franchise, but when they won, it was like such a vindication for been. all this, such a vindication for all the sad sack teams. Because it's Absolutely. like I hope my team is that much fun when they finally do win. The, uh, the most fun Colorado, I've ever had watching yeah. a watching a, a team Colorado. win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah. And until Colorado won, there's there's only one team I've been happy about winning the cup in like the last 10, 12 years. Yeah, and that, that was Washington. And like I still, that was still way more fun than Colorado, but you know. Yes. No blast. Like so. Like and, and also I thought Pitts, about it. Pittsburgh and I'm having Pittsburgh having their heiress since Crosby. Like yeah, it wasn't is isn't. I don't know if it was a conspiracy theory, but like sure that draft was kind of rigged. Question yeah. mark to get Crosby. Uh huh. Wasn't like you're familiar with that, right? Uh, yeah, I've heard about it. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've, yeah. I've, you know, I'm familiar. One day, one day we'll cross that bridge. Yeah. One. One. Well. I will say, what is the one thing that could make everything the Canucks did this season make sense? Lord. It's, it's if they already knew that it didn't matter as long <laughs> as they finished at the bottom 11. But regardless. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so now now I think we we safely start crossing into the genuinely annoying teams. Yeah. The Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, so this That's not how me, I pronounce it, by the way. No, I don't. This one for me is just, it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, I kind of hope he does go there if we're talking about the long game and just like, okay, okay, t- 
seven years and counting T minus T minus seven years. Like uh, he's going to come here if he ends up in Arizona and that's cool. But like, it'll be just so sad if he goes there, it'll be so depressing. It'll be like, okay, what, what team does uh, Bedard play for right now? Uh, the Regina, Regina Pats. Regina Pats stadium. Oh man. I wanted... having to go from Regina to Arizona. Fuck. I like, okay. Genuinely. The just... Regina Pats stadium. Yeah. Has a capacity of six thousand. Yeah. What does Mullet Arena what does Mullet Arena have? I'm pretty five. sure it's five thousand. Yeah. It's too depressing. Holy shit, you're right. It's, it's he would be 000. wasted there. Like, no, no, no. It's forty six hundred. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> like it just isn't right. Like it just would not be right. It would be so sad. It would be oh, so boy. depressing. It would be like worse than Jerome McGinley level. Like like if Connor Bedard ends up in Arizona, he could go down as like Marcel Dion, like <laughs> the best player that nobody remembers because he was always on a team that sucked, that never did anything. And that, I that is the most Canucks possible outcome for a Canucks fan. And he, he does contain the Canuck particles. It's true. I can't, I can't do it. Like I just don't want that to happen. It's too sad. Yeah. Any other thoughts on uh, airs? Like I, I think that, that's I think that pretty much covers it. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All yeah. right, Montreal Canadiens. Okay. They'll never come. This to would be very funny. Them. It would be funny. Uh, I don't hate it as much as the two afterwards, um, for for reasons. I like, like this one. The next one. Uh, Montreal is just like, look, if he goes to Montreal, he's never coming here. If he goes to for Montreal. Sure. They're probably going to be the next Canadian team to win a Stanley Cup. If he goes to Montreal, we just have to. Well, we'll I mean, have to deal forever with with the fucking annoying Montreal fans that are here, that just like flood the arena once a year, and like it'll just be so. It'll be like Matthews in Toronto, but like more annoying, almost true because he's Canadian, and like it'll. The oversaturation might make me dislike him, which I don't want to happen. And so that's why I have Montreal pretty high. No Montreal okay, Canadiens so... fan has ever uh, cut me off in traffic. I have no problem with them quite yet. And I think you're right about being the next Canadian team to win a cup because I think the window that would happen, I think Toronto would probably uh, go like go to the bottom and Boston would eventually go to the bottom as well. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know how much, like, I don't think Ottawa is going to get a superstar um, unless yeah. Tim Stutzla, like, doubles his performance. Sure. Uh, yeah. Montreal mm-hmm. could easily be the best team in that division in two years' yeah. time. And I do like Nick Suzuki, but I, I don't know. I mean, I've always had a soft spot for Montreal. Um, I like yeah, the back. I like, I like the city of Montreal. I'm um, not, I'm not. It's, I'm sad that. that that team had a cup run without the fans in the building. Yeah, I just that's very sad. Like... I also find other teams being successful annoying, but Montreal is in Quebec, so that's yeah. Fine. I, I, I'll just <laughs> yeah. say, I'll just say, like, I just don't. Um, they are all, the ultimate. Like, they deserve nothing more. Yes, like <laughs> this far and you no don't... further. And and twenty five is... is a more fun number it... than twenty four. Solidarity. It would be very fun Burke. to. 
bug them forever <laughs> about the fact that a Vancouver boy got them over 25. That would be funny. Uh, but yeah, I just, it feels like it would be kind of nauseating. And I do not like, uh, like, for me, and I know, I realize, like, other people won't feel this way, but for me, like, Montreal is a thousand percent, like, um, in the same tier as Toronto for, like, teams that I don't like and find annoying. And I would put t- Toronto just slightly above, but only slightly. Are there a lot of French um, Canadians in Nanaimo? Is this why that, uh, no, I don't know. They're like just this? like, they just, they just are, have been riding the fucking coattails of being a team that won a bajillion cups when there were no other teams in the league and then winning a cup the year I was born in Canada. Yeah, but why didn't the other, why did the other five teams? Win, yeah, win, see, win. that's the thing that it makes me okay with it okay. is because, yeah, sure, they racked up cup wins when there were six teams. Yeah. But they won so many, and like it'd be one thing if all six of them were like, "Oh, we have what was the original six era like fifty years or something?" So we each have eight cups from that era. Okay. No, they have like sixteen. But here's the yeah, and they won, and they're the only ones to I feel like win more than one or two since then. I was gonna say that's the thing with the thing with Montreal is that it's like you can be like, "Ah, well, they won all their cups before expansion," but they still also won the most cups after expansion. Yes. So it's like I, I, they just don't deserve to be happy. That's my opinion. <laughs> um, but but there, there's a there's a reason why they're like n- not top tier annoying because like it would at least be fun to watch. And I don't completely hate the Canadians. It's just like I I do hate Canadians, but I don't hate them. I do. Yeah, I, with an A, I hate them. Yeah, but but, uh, but not to the e. extent of. The two remaining teams who one of them I remember, but I don't even remember who the other one is actually, well, which is funny. Um, Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Right. Next one is so Philadelphia. So I'm going to defend Philly. I'm going to defend okay. Philly here. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I understand your point about Tortorella. I don't think you necessarily keep Tortorella for a long time if you have to. Yeah, I think, I you think maybe you keep him for another draft, year. I think you win the draft lottery. Your GM comes up to the table to accept the handshake from Colin Campbell, and you yeah. announce that you fired Don Tortorella. Maybe you're right. Maybe <laughs> or you keep right. him for one year to teach like Bedard like a real system at an NHL level. Like, introduce him and to then you fire, yeah. hire someone who can you like hire you hire Bruce. Yeah. And then you hire someone who can like completely weaponize him. Yeah. See, for yeah. me, what I will say. The other about thing about it is oh sorry, please. You know, Pittsburgh's got all this great stuff, and I need their rivals, my chaotic orange nonsense boys, to yeah. take over. That the Tumblr Diaspora deserves the Tumblr Diaspora deserves a team that actually can have some promise. So they, they've had all these years to support these like just dog shit teams, and also I, I feel like it's uh it's kind of uh, a cha- a change, or, or it's it's surprising that uh, that it's controversial that Philly deserves better when okay. uh, I, I think in every other scenario we've always been uh, supportive of philly ah. and i can't really find a reason to not want them the tortorella point was good but uh, again we've established it's, i think you get rid of them their whole approach to this season specifically if i was a philadelphia flyers fan right now i would be approximately as disgusted with the team that i was a fan of as i am right now with the vancouver canucks yeah um, i agree and and so that factors into it. And then the other the other thing that factors into it is for me, Philadelphia is basically Arizona on steroids. So like the, what? The, no, the reason, no wrong, there's a reason why wrong. where is this coming from? In a different way than you guys think. You guys are thinking like, 
oh no, like you mean it's going to be more depressing in Philadelphia? Like how could it be more depressing when they play in a real mm-hmm. arena? Here's the reason why. The reason it'll be more depressing is because the outcome will be mostly the same, a team that can never do anything with him on it, but it will be amplified because unlike in Arizona, everyone will still be paying attention. So it will just be like him on a franchise that is not serious, that cannot get their shit together. It will be basically, Bedard will be Tavares in Long Island. I, I think the if with this last five years, Philadelphia has not done well on a franchise systems level, mm-hmm. but that ha- that hasn't been as systemic as it has been the case in Arizona. Like nowhere near the same. Like you, you go you uh, go back in time five years, and then you look at the history of the Flyers from then on backwards. Mm-hmm. I, I think your your mind would be changed. Like I think the last five years colors that opinion. See, and I, I, and I think with Hextall being given the axe, uh, I think you I can say that his Flyers have been a disaster on a Hextall got fired level since Pittsburgh. like the Andrew McDonald. Sorry, who? Uh, it, Fletcher's still there. Yeah, he's like the dumbest oh, GM in the league. My bad. Yeah. yeah. And and that that's just what I mean is, is it's just like I actually disagree. Like I I think you kind of look back at um at the Flyers and I think like they accidentally got close to a cup in 2010 and they've just been the Canucks ever since. Like spinning their wheels. I have to do some more research. I was gonna say you could probably draw a line to them going clown mode with like the Andrew McDonald contract. Yeah, I I I just don't like they to me strike me as other than the the Canucks like the most take the quickest route to being okay team in existence like if they get Connor Connor Bedard they're just gonna be like oh let's sign you know whoever the two most expensive free agents are next season and try to go for it and the only advantage the only thing that keeps them below or above depending on how you look at it the obvious worst choice is that um, that they at least score high in the rankings of have a chance to send, to make him end up here, which is the one advantage that I will say maybe puts them, like you can put an argument between them and Montreal and Arizona, who I all kind of put in the same tier to various extent because the number one team is just obviously the worst. But no, I really hate the idea of him going to Philly. And I will defend that uh, forever because uh, I just think I just think they're deeply unserious. Like, yeah. Sure. All right, Saint Louis. Saint Louis. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Saint Louis. Saint Louis. This one's obvious. We did Detroit. Now we're doing yeah. Saint Louis. They won a cup by accident. I hate them. That's they, a good point. They're they, so annoying, and I, 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 they're always—they've always annoyed me as an opponent. They want a cup by accident. They just want a cup, like five. I don't seconds know. Ago. I don't know that they won it by accident. They yes, they did. <laughs> Why did they win it by accident? Because their team wasn't good. That's the worst <laughs> they beat, team in they the beat league. The bu- they beat the Boston. Okay, and no. and and they figure it out. And they beat okay, the yes. Boston Bruins. I because do. The, well, I will you get credit for beating the Boston Bruins for them for for beating the Bruins. Because so. the only thing that could beat the 2011 Bruins, who were built and successful by accident, is the 2019 version of the team that was built and successful. We have really, 
destroyed the meaning of accident <laughs> over the last two and a half oh, hours. Oh, no. The, 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 sorry. The Boston Bruins, fuck the Boston Bruins. They, they are good. They are good by accident. They're good because one guy accidentally drafted like Lucic, Bergeron, oh, and fucking oh, Marchand in like. Okay, Peter Chirelli. Okay, here. Peter Chirelli won a cup by accident. Yeah, but the exactly. Boston Bruins won a cup. Jeff Gordon won them a cup. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, it's it's just completely like they fell ass backwards into winning that Stanley Cup, and I feel like the Blues kind of did too. The, the okay, Boston but if Bruins we were have... if we if, if we were I don't know uh, Wayne Gretzky's wine bar fever, and the Canucks won in twenty eleven, we'd say the Canucks fell ass backwards into a cup. Like, like, I don't I I for the same reason why I think it's bullshit that that saying the same Louis. Well, I'm already saying St. Louis. Uh, the Vancouver the Canucks were the best team in the league in 2011. The St. Louis Blues mm-hmm. were the worst team in the league up until January. And then there was no many months after. Whatsoever. And then there was many months after January, and they became a much better team. They had to be one of the best teams and in the league. And then they imploded the immediately playoffs. and lost to the Vancouver Canucks in the first round of the playoffs. I will okay, but if the Canucks won in 2011 and then lost the Chicago series because they had a hangover, would you say the same thing? Um, no, wait. because they were actually good the season before. Never mind. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I, I fuck the St. Louis Blues. They don't have any likable players. They play. I don't they play think in... that they should get him. They don't deserve him. The worst city in the NHL, by the way. <laughs> the worst. Because at least in Winnipeg, you would be super famous because it's Winnipeg and it's Canada. It's probably St. not a fun city to win the cup in. It's probably you, hot you, pro- you probably barely get drinks paid for you. Yeah, no one cares. You know? Also, that's where uh, Kachuk lives. I want to say voluntarily. Yeah, yeah. Volunt- yeah so like he still there. lives there. Yeah, insane. Yep. No fucking way. Yeah, no, they just have been successful too recently. And uh for that for that reason I agree. And they're in our conference and like they could be good quickly. They could torture us a lot. He would um, leave possibly pretty quickly. Maybe, though. but not, Think about that. not close enough to like he'll leave if they're if they stay bad, but I don't think he'll leave if they're good, you know? Um I just I just don't like them. They're one of those franchises. They're like the Dallas Stars. So St. Louis and the Dallas Stars are very similar to me where it's just like, I'm like, I hate the Dallas Stars. And then people are like, why? And I'm like, I don't know. I just do. Um, Their fans are Fair. annoying. Their fans are annoying on our hockey. <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> so I hate them. I hold the weirdest grudges for the longest amount of time. But yeah, no, fuck, fuck the St. Louis. And that's what Stars. sports are for. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of which, Chicago is the last one. And yeah, thanks no, for listening to Rocky. We don't talk about this. Yeah, that's uh, that's just <laughs> that would okay. Be, I yeah. I have a I have a proposal. This up, it's nine fifty five. It's long. Yeah, this was. Can we just one. meet later this week and talk about the playoffs? I mean, we'll I have think play. The... Well, let's make playoff brackets tonight. Okay. Separately, yeah. have okay. them. Sure. Because right. yeah. you can only do them up until that tonight, basically. Tonight. Yeah. Okay. Um, I did the NHL lockdown on one. Yes, yeah, so I'll do uh, that too. And uh, let's let's just meet later this week because oh, hockey hockey yeah. gonna be. We'll do. We can do week. a playoff episode. Maybe maybe the thing to do is just wait for the end of the first round. 
<laughs> I don't know. We'll no, see. no, no. Let's, let's 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 do one at the end of the week. I let's just pack hate a few in before May. I hate doing Cause, a because we I, will have to figure out what the we, fuck's we going will on be doing May, with a thing obviously. that we've done literally every year, which is playoff predictions in the middle of the first round. But whatever, I don't care. It's fine. Um, it's yeah. Seattle twenty twenty three Stanley Cup champions. That's the only thing I care about, and it's the only thing I'm going to say. Um, I mean, okay, look, if you guys want to do it right now, no, I do without without saying long. how many games, without saying how many games. Oh God, no, no. no. Do you want, like I will gladly I just, just, just go through the the four series and say each each team like no explanation. It'll actually be funnier with no explanation. Yeah, so let's just do it. Yeah, fuck it right now. Yeah. Um, can I, can, okay, I have mine ready. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Colorado over Se- Colorado over Seattle, Dallas over Minnesota, okay. Vegas Colorado. over Winnipeg, and the one the one that's interesting is I have LA over Edmonton. Okay. That's my West. I think you want to hear. You want to hear my East, or do you want me yeah, to hear? Do, it. My West. Okay. do the do the East too. Yeah. Boston over Florida. Yeah. Toronto over Tampa. Mm-hmm. New York over Carolina. Mm-hmm. And New York also over. New no, 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 no. New York's playing New Jersey. The, <laughs> he the, said New York over Carolina. New York Carolina. over New Jersey. As separate series. Oh, what? Because the New York yeah. Islanders are. Yeah. Sorry, I said the thing. Oh, wrong. fuck! Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was so confused. I was like, "What the fuck?" That's okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I'm Colorado over Dallas and Vegas over LA. So it's Colorado, Vegas, Colorado. In the end, and then I have oh, Boston right. beating Toronto. The Rangers, the, the New York battle has the Rangers yeah. win, but then Boston is over the Rangers, and the Boston beats Colorado in the final. For okay. me, all right. I'm not doing the whole bracket because I haven't made one. No. I'm just gonna. No, do ha- but, but like, if you have any specific ones that you want to take yeah. guesses on, yeah, I could. I can do that. But uh, Elliot, you go. You go next. Sure. Yeah. I have Colorado over Seattle, Minnesota winning the Battle of the North Stars, uh, <laughs> Vegas over Winnipeg, and LA over uh, Edmonton. And then I have yes. Colorado, Vegas, and then Colorado going to the final. Okay. Boston, I'm still not sold on Tampa or on Toronto breaking their mind worms about playing playoff hockey. So I have Tampa, uh, Carolina, yeah. and New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And then I have Boston and New Jersey meeting in the Eastern Conference Final. And then I actually have New Jersey being the team to just like somehow get lucky and knock out Boston. So then wow. we get like a Colorado New Jersey final, which I think has happened before, <laughs> and Colorado wins. Has happened in at least right. one or two times, yeah. 20 okay, years I'm, ago. I have this in the order of Dom's thread uh, with all the playoff probabilities. Uh, I will be offering zero explanations. Um, and I'm not doing the whole bracket because I didn't make one. So uh, Tampa Bay over Toronto. Uh, Panthers over Bruins. Uh, Devils over Rangers. Kings over Oilers. Hurricanes over Islanders. Kraken over Avalanche. Wild over Stars. And Golden Knights over uh, Jets, Winnipeg. Uh my funny pick is Seattle Kraken 2023 Stanley Cup champions. Mm-hmm. And my real serious pick is uh, Carolina Hurricanes 2023 Stanley Cup champions. Mm-hmm. So nice. um, that's those are my uh, 
that's that's what I think. And uh, if you want to know why I think that, uh, you can listen to the next episode where I will be <laughs> wrong about everything, <laughs> but I will explain myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The last, the last thing I'm sure I will talk. I'll be able to talk about it in a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we talk about more breath playoffs, but like the Boston Florida series is the yeah. one I'm going to watch every game of, which sure. I hope is more than four games because yeah. Shorty and Cheech are doing the call. Perfect. Brilliant. Which is incredible. Oh, I, I don't know if Dan is going to be doing some work. I, Dan Murphy, I don't he, know he if he's going to be. He always does. He always does, right? But yeah. probably not. Like, I don't know if he's going to follow them yeah, uh, all the way. But Probably not. It is, but, but, but a funny part of the series, and I don't know if it's already happened before, but like, mm-hmm. it's Luongo against Boston again. Yep. And for that to happen while also Shorty and Cheech are covering a series, like I hope there's interviews. Oh yeah. Like I just I don't know. I just I just hope there's some media stuff that happens where Luongo gets uh gets gets some play. But probably not, because I'm I'm sure he's I'm sure he's been told a few times to like keep it to mm-hmm. like once a month minimum. Yeah. Or maximum right. being funny. Either way, it'll be fun. Um yeah. uh Patreon.com slash Roxy Fever. The next time we record a regular episode, we will probably also be recording an episode about Cheech uh, that will be very good because <laughs> there's all kinds of great stuff out there uh, about him. So check, yeah. you know, check for that. And in the meantime, um, there's also the episode we recorded last month, which I don't remember what it was, but it was great. The Gino episode, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, patreon.com slash Roxy Fever. Listen to the Gino episode. Listen to all the other shit we've put up on there. It's good stuff. Thanks for listening. And uh, you can all yell at me for being wrong about everything, uh, I guess. Have a good oh, day. They know that. Good night, everybody. Thank you.